Welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in Missouri. Or St. Louis. <laughs> and this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Hey. <laughs> Why do I like have a problem with the beginning of our I don't show know sometimes? I mean I it's like know. not like we haven't it's had my favorite. Forty other episodes that we do it with. <laughs> forty one. This is forty one. Right. Yeah, I know. Forty one. Holy yes. cow. Hey, Who'd have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have imagined being here at this point and also ending our first season, technically? Yes. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to release this episode, which is a great crime story that Christy is about to tell you. And then we're going to take a break because the holidays. And when we come back... One. Just a short break in which we'll probably drop in your feed. Stay tuned. But we're coming back in 2021 with season two of Crimes and Closets. Whoa. Two. Season two. <laughs> it's like we're, dose, we're dosing it up. Mind boggling to me that we would even get to a season two. <laughs> I don't know. I like, don't know what happened with this year, but mm-hmm. this was a real gem. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> it was. It's been a great ride. Yes. And we appreciate you guys coming along with us. Yep. And keep coming and keep, you know, recommending us. Because we find like we get little notes from people every now and then that like, we just found you and we're just so excited and happy and we love it and blah, blah, blah. And it makes us happy. I know. And the bingers, that's my favorite is when we get the messages from people who are like, I binged everything. Mm -hmm. Right. 41 episodes. No. No small binge. No, it's no small binge. And I remember being that binger back in the day when I first started True Crime and thinking, oh, I'm just going to go through this all. And I, you know, to hear somebody say that about us. Yes. It's kind of cool. So the fact that you've been with us through bad audio Mm -hmm. and (laughs) whatever else that we've done this year is amazing. And we thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I've got a somewhat of a doozy for you. Do you want to just jump into it or you got jump. anything outside your closet that you want to mention? I have nothing I except yeah. for that it's, you know, the holidays and we're, are you feeling jolly? <laughs> okay. So hold on. Yes. I'm feeling slightly jolly except the fact that these stinking elves, like <laughs> they, I'm like close to 10 years in and I can't, I just can't anymore. So this year I bought an Etsy kit. And it's very disappointing. Sorry. It to really me, is disappointing for all her Instagram followers. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry for my followers and sorry for the lady that I bought it from that I'm now bashing you. It's fine. It is fine. It is just, it's basic. And I, and I think Xavier is <laughs> like thinking, what is going, like, what is our, our elves taking the year off? Like 2020, dude. So he said something the other day, and I was like, "Um, well, I'm pretty sure that they gave you their best stuff in the last 10 years, and they just are tired. (laughs) Your elves are elderly now. They've got to be rounding 25 at this point. (laughs) Oh, man. So, anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm jolly, except for them. 
I like my house but being your decorated. House is pretty, yes. I just was going to say, I got a picture of your house and it looks very Christmassy and I love it. Yeah, we were excited about those. We put, the, we have those uplighting yeah. things. And all we did was buy gels and like cut out a circle and stick it on top of the light. And I was like, I didn't know it was that easy to do. Oh, wow. I thought yeah. you changed the light bulbs. No, because that's what I thought needed to be done. And I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. And, and nope. Emery was like, no, I think we should have to buy these and cut a little circle out. And totally worked. Took 10 minutes. <laughs> so baller. Awesome. Yeah, baller. Baller anyway. Christmas. You're cheating on everything. You're cheating on elves. You're cheating on lights. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yes. Here I'm out on a ladder, but go on. No. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. But and I, I haven't been able to steal any of Christy's ideas because I typically <laughs> am like always one day behind her <laughs> on the elf and she'll do something and I'm like, fabulous. I'm screenshotting that. And then I do it, but no. So my elves have been like sticking straws and oranges and pretending to drink them and playing <laughs> PlayStation with the controllers. And we're tired. We're just all tired in 2020. So make your Christmas your own. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't judge me. I might be back next year with better ideas. Good. <laughs> yeah, that makes me happy because I still have a five-year-old and he's got a couple years to go. So I'm going to need you to up your game. Well, I'm I'm really secretly hoping that the um, 10-year-old is going to get off the, this train mm. and help me next year and give mm-hmm. me some good ideas for the six-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll see. Not sure that 10-year-old's going to bring you much, but... Yeah. <laughs> he's too smart for elves. Well, it's true. But he's creative, so we'll see. That's true. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So let's do a palette cleanse. Okay. Real quick of uh-huh. not Christmas stuff and not holiday things and talk about mayhem and murder. Okay. Isn't that funny. It's like a reverse palette cleanse. It's a reverse palette cleanse. However, I have a Christmas massacre for you, so I'm not really and palate cleansing. <laughs> as long as nobody killed an elf, I'm here for it. <laughs> it's too no, much explaining to happen. do. But you might be pissed at who did kill people. <laughs> so bring it. Anyway, <clears throat> it's actually, I kind of felt like when I was doing this, that it, this was almost too horrible to report on, oh. like kind of a lot of our stories. And being close to the holidays, it seemed even worse, but it is why we're all here, right? So, I mean, you wouldn't be listening if you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with it. But just be warned, it is a Christmas crime, and no matter how I spin it, it's going to seem worse than many other stories, in my opinion, just because of a couple small details. Oh, bless. Okay. So, let's go back to not too far back this time, but January 2006. I guess that is kind of far, but not like 1945. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Bruce Prado and Sylvia Ortega are in a decent place in their lives. They're getting ready to get married. They're kind of, they're in their um, older years. So Bruce is probably around 43 and Sylvia is like 41, so they're not, you know, young people, but they are newly engaged or getting married soon, and they have jobs with incomes that equal probably around 150000 between the two of them. Sylvia, she works for a flower breeding company, and she makes around 31000 and Bruce is an electrical engineer 
working at ITT Electrical Systems, which I don't know if anybody knows what that is. I don't, but it's out in California. And it's making around $122,000 a year. And they have a house in Montrose. I think that's how you say that. It's either Montrose or Montrose. I don't know. I'm sorry I did not look up how to say that. (laughs) But it's just outside L.A. in California. Okay. And they have a dog named Saki. Okay. That's cute. I bet he had little white socks. (laughs) Well, no, it's like S-A-K-I. So to me, it was like Saki. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. um, So our people then. Go on. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. So Sylvia, she has three children from a previous, two from a previous marriage and one just from a previous relationship. And the youngest is five. Bruce volunteers at a local church as an usher at times, and the two are getting married on January 29th, 2006. Neighbors are known to say that they often see the family walking the dog in the neighborhood and just seem like a happy little family and very friendly. Unfortunately, the relationship goes downhill fairly quickly. According to some reports, Bruce has refused to open a joint account with Sylvia and is insisting that Sylvia care for her three children with her own finances. So he's basically like, I don't need to care for mm. these kids because they're not mine. You should. And over the course of their time together, which was just under two years, they had built up a little nest egg of about $88,000. And Sylvia claims that Bruce dwindles it down to about 17000 by transferring funds into private accounts. Oh. But... I don't really know if that's true. That's dirty. Yes. So by December of 2007, again, just under two years from when they got married, Sylvia was sleeping in another bedroom in the house and spending most weekends away from the house at her parents' house with the kids. And a couple months after that, she tells him that she wants a divorce and officially files for that divorce on March 24th of 2008. And in her filing... She asked for about $3,100 in monthly spousal support from Bruce. So fast forward just a couple months to July of 2008, Bruce gets let go of his job. So she had filed for this, but clearly, you know, it takes a while to get through the system and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But so he gets fired from his job in July and quickly starts getting into debt. And he has almost a $3,000 mortgage, $31,000 in credit card debt. And he's not receiving a severance package from his employer and has no other income. So he just loses his job and that's it. Like, Do we know why he got fired? I only saw this in maybe one article, but something about falsifying like time Mm. records like of working. So he falsified something. So I'm pretty sure he was fired and that's why there was no severance package. (laughs) Absolutely. Um. So he basically turns around this spousal support and is asking for the court for him to receive spousal report uh, support from he's Sylvia. Unemployed, right now okay. he's unemployed. So and he's like, I'm continuously looking for a job, and so I just need some money to survive on. And the court ends up deciding in favor of Sylvia and awards her a monthly payment of one thousand seven hundred and eighty-five dollars and back payments of about three hundred or three thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. Give or take. Because basically he had a really good paying job. I think they're 
figuring and he probably has some money to give her. So this divorce is finalized on December 18th, 2008, where the court actually waives all of those back payments and the monthly spousal support for Sylvia, but orders Bruce to pay her a lump sum of $10,000. He needs to give back the wedding ring, which is pretty valuable to Sylvia, and she gets custody of the dog, Saki. But oh, gosh. He, okay. I know. He was awarded the house. But it was, I believe, his house before their marriage. Like, she okay. moved in with him. So, so within a get few... the dog, man, that's a win. I know. She got the dog. So... Within a few months, Bruce has basically lost his wife, his job, and his dog, and all just days before Christmas. So you can imagine that that would be hard for anybody, and for some, it could probably trigger some heinous acts. <sighs> Guess we'll just have to wait until after the break to find out if that's what happened. Dun, dun, dun. Have a holly jolly Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, to recap, Bruce and Sylvia were married just over two years and have divorced. Seem to have a pretty contentious divorce, especially over finances. And the dog. And the dog. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Lost the dog. I feel like that's what would throw me over the edge. Like anybody oh. that has put that this in their divorce agreement, right? It yeah. matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Six days after the divorce was final, Bruce had been trying to come up with the money to pay Sylvia, and on December twenty fourth, two thousand eight, which clearly is. Christmas Eve. He pulls out of his driveway around 9 p.m. or so, you know, around, and a neighbor stopped to say hello to him and ask where he was off to. And he said he was, you know, off to a Christmas party. And at approximately 11.30 p.m., Bruce pulled up to his ex-in-law's house in Covina, California, which was about 30 miles away from his home. So her parents. So her parents' house. And at this time, the family was having a Christmas party with 25 people in attendance at that time. Uh, The kids were playing video games or watching TV and the adults were just having a fun time chatting in the living room. Bruce knocked on the door dressed as Santa Claus with a big present in his hand. I just got chills. My body. My body got them. That might be the tiny detail that throws people over the edge with this story. I'm holding on to my pants. You, you hold on to my Christmas pants. pants. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas leggings. Um, eight-year-old Katrina, which is Sylvia's sister Letitia's daughter, so basically Sylvia's niece, answers the door and is excited to see Santa Claus. Because who? what eight-year-old would not be excited on Christmas Eve to see Santa knock at your door? That's right. Best life. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she opened the door, Bruce pulls out a semi-automatic handgun and shoots her in the face. What? Side note, though. Katrina did survive this because, uh, according to some reports, last second she turned her face. And so that is what they think saved her life. And the bullet just kind of went through her jaw. But she was still (gasps) shot. 
After this, he just started shooting indiscriminately throughout the house. And he then grabbed a homemade flamethrower that he had brought with him and started spraying accelerant throughout the home, which was a mixture of carbon dioxide or oxygen and high-octane racing fuel. And he was spraying this, or as he was spraying this, it accidentally ignites. So they think either a pilot light had been started or there was a candle or whatever, but it's just so high octane that whatever happened lights this before he has a chance to light it himself. They probably had a fire in the fireplace because it's freaking Christmas Eve, Santa. That's true. And the house just goes up in flames. And there were just people, they were were hiding under tables because as soon as he starts shooting, people just start running. Kids start running out the door and they're all fleeing from the house. Some people were jumping out of the windows to get out of the house, one of which was Katrina, the eight-year-old girl. Her and her mother, Letitia, went to a neighbor's house to call 911. And, and she Le- shot in the face? And she shot in the face. And by Santa. By Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. Like, come on. This is ridiculous. Letitia had recognized the shooter, though. Throughout the, even though there was a disguise as her ex brother in law, Bruce. And so when she called 911, she told them who, she, who it was. And it was believed that Bruce intended to continue shooting because he had two other semi automatic handguns in his possession. But the unexpected ignition, ignition of the fuel had him flee shortly after that happened because the fire, uh, the house went up. The fire was so intense that. It took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to put it out. And the second floor of the house collapsed on into the first floor. I mean, the house was destroyed. Out of the 25 people that were there, 16 managed to escape, including Letitia and Katrina, and another teen who had been shot in the back, but she survived too. There were eight bodies that were found, within a day or so, but one other person was missing. And after a couple days, they found the final body. All of the bodies had been so badly burned that they couldn't be identified, and they had to wait for dental records to identify everyone. I mean, they kind of had an idea of who these people were because everybody knew who was at the party and right. like who, who was, was not missing, yeah. there. But in order to legally identify them, they had to wait for dental records. And there were nine total victims. Okay, so I'm going to go through the list. Sylvia Ortego Prado, which was his ex-wife. Alicia Alicia Ortego, which is Sylvia's mother. Joseph Ortega, which is her father. Charles Ortega, which is Sylvia's brother. And Cheryl Lynn, which is Charles's wife. James Ortega, Sylvia's brother. Teresa Ortega, which is James's wife. Alicia Ortega, Sylvia's sister. And the final body that was found days after was 17-year-old Michael Ortega, which I believe was Alicia's son. He was apparently upstairs in his room and had just sent a friend's e- friend an email at 1125. He was not shot, but he died in the fire because the second floor collapsed <sighs> to the first floor. So her basically, I mean, except for the one sister, Letitia, and her niece, I mean, the entire family is just... Wiped out. Brothers, sisters, mom, dad. Awful. Christmas Eve by Santa. Mm-mm. Santa Bruce. Santa Bruce. In the meantime, Bruce has fled the area and has gone to his brother's house in Silmar, which is about 40 miles from there. 
don't really know if that was planned or not because he actually had to drive past his own house to get mm. or where he lived to get there. But I'm sure, I mean, it went awry either way. Like his plan, they don't think went as planned. So uh, he was probably just, you know, flying by the seat of his pants at this point. His brother wasn't home though because he was at another Christmas party that evening. So Bruce had to break into his brother's home. Oh my God. Yeah. Santa's breaking into the house. And- yeah. Well, this time he's not because he had taken the Santa suit off and left it in the car with wires wrapped in it so that when it was moved, a pipe bomb would go off. Obviously. The- right. Yeah. Because he didn't want any evidence in this car. What? Discard it on the 40 right. mile drive, Bruce. Yeah, exactly. And it was, this was a rental car, by the way. He had rented a car. It wasn't even his car. Around 3.30 in the morning, Bruce's brother comes home from the Christmas party he was attending and found Bruce shot to death inside his home. (gasps) Bruce had committed suicide using a handgun found at the scene. What is this story? He had stuck the handgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger, and there was an exit wound at the top of his head. He was found with $17,000 taped to his leg and (laughs) and a plane ticket. That was believed at the time to be going to Canada. But years later, literally years later, somehow they determined that the plane ticket was not, it was going to Illinois and that he had made plans to visit a friend who lived in Iowa. But they're not really sure if that was like a distraction. Well, I mean, I think that was a distraction. I think he had several different things that was supposed to like steer people in different directions because I think his plan was to escape, not to kill himself. But too many things went wrong along the way. Um, he had third-degree burns to parts of his arms and legs. And it is stated that there were even parts of the Santa suit stuck to his skin because it had <sighs> melted to him in the fire at the house. So he... Why did he have money taped to his leg? Well, because... He's going to go through the airport with that? I guess. Or wherever he was escaping to, like, his his plan was to escape. It wasn't to shoot himself. So he was going to leave with that money. That was – he had drained the account. And so I don't think – I think he really – like, he may have siphoned some money off into other accounts. But then when he lost his job, he probably needed to use those to pay off some debt. And so what he really did have was that $17,000 that was, like, left in that account. Wow. One account that he was like, Sylvia I'm just gonna stick this right and here. He taped it to his leg because he thought that that's where he needed to put it. I don't, I, I don't know. The guy's dead. Can't ask him. It's a shame. Yeah. Bruce's brother called the police, and when they did a search, and they, I mean, he explained that he just found his brother Bruce Prado in his house, and so when they did the search on him, they they realized that he was wanted by the Covina police for the shooting and the fire. So when they arrive at the scene, they find the rental car outside with the Santa suit in it, and they're trying to determine if it's safe to take the items out of their out of that car. And when they were trying to disarm it because they did see the wires, the car went up in flames. So the, the car is just completely destroyed. No one was hurt in that, by the way. But they did find 300 rounds of ammunition and a pipe bomb in that car, which I'm surprised when it went up that those that ammunition didn't just like... Yeah, start know. firing off or something. Right. Yeah. And when they searched his home, they found another handgun and four shotguns in the in his home. Like, what? why do you need that many? 
<laughs> I mean, he took what he could in the Santa suit. Anyway. Later in the investigation, they found a second rental car that he had rented on the street of Sylvia's lawyer. And inside that car was a computer, clothes, food, water, and maps of the U.S. and Mexico. So then it's thought, their, th- their thought was that he really planned to go and kill the lawyer at some point. I don't mm. know why they're jumping to that, but I guess because it was outside their his house. And then flee to Mexico. So I think these plane tickets were props and like, He was just planning on driving to Mexico, but didn't get that far. His plans changed when he was badly burned in the fire and thought that he couldn't make it without going to a hospital to, you know, get bandaged up. So he just decided to end his life is my assumption. (laughs) You'd think you'd untape the money, though. Before you shot yourself? Yeah. Like, what would make you do that, though? I'm not really sure. I think I would put it in the car with the pipe bomb. Oh, just get rid of everything. Well, mm-hmm. I'm half wondering actually if part of the Santa suit is like stuck to his body, if that tape was also stuck to like. Oh, so, my. I, mean, I didn't say that, but mm, you deserve it, Bruce. Yeah, no kidding. So, a further investigation revealed a few other things. Um, one was that it's thought that he also intended to kill his mother because she was supposed to be at that party, but canceled last minute because she didn't feel well. And it was kind of known that his mother had sympathy for Sylvia in the divorce and that she was still in touch with her. Clearly she was supposed to go to her family's party and Bruce wasn't too happy about that. So it also seems that Bruce had been planning this for several months. He had bought all of the guns and ammunition back in July when he lost his job. And he had also ordered the Santa suit in September and ordered it extra big with the thought being that he was intending to hide all of those mm-hmm. weapons mm-hmm. in his suit. And one random thing, because so you got to read an autopsy report <laughs> your last mm-hmm. case. Yeah. Randomly, this was this one was online, full 25-page mm-hmm. autopsy report. Nice. And so I got to read that one. And it was pretty, I mean unremarkable for, I guess, autopsy reports from what I was expecting. I mean, he shot himself in the head and had some burns and a few bruises that were reported, which you would expect that. But on one page, it said that there was cocaine in his system, which was not mentioned in any of the articles that I read Hmm. at all, which I thought was a little bit weird because wouldn't you think that if if he was on drugs at the time, it would just be something that somebody would mention, but I don't know. And so I had been trying to figure out what the amount was in his system, but I couldn't really find, like, it tells me what the blood level was for the cocaine and it says what the urine level was, but I cannot for the life of me understand any article (laughs) on how Mm -hmm. to like determine what those mean, except that what was in his blood was a therapeutic level. Okay. I don't know what that means. Well, from what I can gather, it just means the effectiveness. Like, Hmm. it wasn't a lethal because the next level up was lethal. So it wasn't a lethal dose. So therapeutic, does that mean like, oh, it was enough to affect him Mm -hmm. and like, you know, feel some sort of effect from it? But anyway, you would just think that someone's on something like cocaine, that that could have also been like another reason that they did something so Mm -hmm. rash. Like, you're on cocaine. Mm -hmm. 
Not that he wasn't planning it, but maybe he needed the cocaine to follow through with it. Right. I don't know. Is it cracked up Santa? Right. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was weird that this was in his system and nobody ever. So if anybody understands that, he had, let's see, it said a blood level of 0.07 UG slash ML or was 0.99 UG slash ML. So if anybody understands any of that, feel free to write us and let Mm -hmm. us know what that means. Was he high? High? We don't know. (laughs) So anyway, this is just a horrible, horrible crime. And the effects of this crime are long lasting for the family. One article actually mentioned that there was 13 children of this family in this family that lost at least one, if not both of their parents wow. in shooting because all of the kids that were there, basically everybody that, except for the teenager were the adults. Yeah. And all the kids were able to flee. They think they were able to flee because they were in the back of the house. And I was so just going to ask, I don't know about how you do like parties at your house, but I feel like all of our kids are upstairs. Yeah. And like the bonus upstairs and the parents are downstairs, like in the kitchen area. So that's interesting. I would think it would be the reverse, but. Right. Right. And yeah, I guess it's clearly, it depends on how the house is laid out. Yes. Both of us, the way our houses were were laid out in North Carolina, that's exactly how it would be. Uh Here, my kids would be in the basement and they'd be able to Mm. like get out this like sliding glass door that's right there. Uh And so apparently where they were in the TV room or whatever, where they were playing games was in the back of the house and they all just ran out the back door. Thank goodness. I know. Um, Letitia, the one sister that did survive, ended up taking her sister's youngest child into custody. And one of the children who was of age took custody of his two or three siblings. I can't remember after the event. So could you imagine like, you're, you know, you're of age, but you're still young and you were still living with your parents and now you're taking custody of your underage kids because yeah. your parents were shot by Santa. Because of a cracked up Santa, Bruce. Cracked up Santa who's pissed about his divorce settlement, essentially. But anyway, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> Freaking Santa, Bruce. How... I mean, I, I saw a couple of interviews. Not many of the family actually speak out. Letitia is the – I think that's how you say it. <laughs> it could be Letitia. I don't know. Um, she talks about it the most or talks in public about it the most. And could you imagine, like, having to basically – all these young kids, like, get them to be okay with Santa and during Christmas time? Oh, no. No. You're going to celebrate Hanukkah after that. Right. Yeah. Because – Oh my gosh. No. How awful. Like, no, they're going to walk by Santa at the mall and have panic attacks. Oh my gosh, especially the one that got shot in the face. I know. Who ran up to Santa excited about him being at the front door. Like, and I don't know. I mean, clearly, I don't know if she knew who it was underneath. Who would do that though? What human being would be like, that would be his first shot. Is no. it your old child? No, it better been like, have been cracked up. Exactly. I mean, at least be like, ho, ho, ho. Can I come in? I have Where's some your presents mommy? for you. Yeah. yeah, like, and get in the door. Like, why do you have to whip it out and start shooting no. an eight-year-old? What a sicko. 
Yeah. Gross. Yes. So, I mean, he would have been caught. I, well, I guess I can't say that for sure, but I'm glad that it ended the way it ended because. <laughs> no, he took the easy way out. Well, that's true. He did. Yeah. Anyway. So, sorry to ruin Christmas for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's your palate cleanser if anybody was feeling jolly. <laughs> oh, I guess it was a palate cleanser. <laughs> Welcome to Crimes and Closets. Hey, nobody going to be happy about Christmas around here. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you in 2021. <laughs> yes, season two, 2021. No Santa's allowed. No. <laughs> I'm feeling weird about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm, sorry. <laughs> Just don't give Santa guns or cocaine. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I don't. And so every time you you do say Santa, I always think about: Do you listen to the Christmas, or have you watched the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix? Mm-mm. Where it's um Goldie Hawn and what's his name? Oh. Oh, gosh. I know who you're talking about. You know, her, like, forever partner? What's his name? Oh, shoot. Oh, I can't remember what his name is either. But I, th- wasn't that something that came out last year or a couple of years ago? Yeah, so there's a there's a two. There's a Christmas Chronicles Rus- 2. Russell? Russell? Kirk Russell? Kurt Russell? Kirk Russell. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. I was having such a hard time with that. <laughs> Goldie Hawn and Kirk Russell. So every time you say Santa, I think about Kirk Russell. So I think about Kirk Russell cracked up on the porch, shooting somebody in the face, and it's messing me up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> he's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. He, he is. raised the Hudsons. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this very special Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas episode from Crimes and Closets, our last one for the year. Thank you guys for 2020. We have had such a ride and we appreciate you guys joining us. We are going to take a break for a couple weeks from our crime because holy moly on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're going to come into 2021 guns blazing so please stay tuned we probably will drop a little something in your feed in the next couple weeks so don't forget about us and be sure and connect with us on all the social media because we're going to be wishing you guys a happy holidays all over the place we've got some merch if you want to buy it if you're done christmas shopping and you want to get something for yourself please check our website out. There's a little tab on our website that says Crimes and Closets merch. So give that a check out. I'm wearing um, my Crimes and Closets hoodie. Aren't we running a sale too? We're running a when sale. When this drops? For, yes, the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can get 12% off. There you go. Now until Christmas. Is that right? Yes, 12%. <laughs> yeah. With code... Holly Jolly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Jolly 15? No, Jolly 12? Jolly 12. That's Jolly it. 12. Jolly 12 with code Jolly 12. I feel like an infomercial from QBC, but that's fine. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> um, but I'm wearing my Crimes and Closets hoodie right now, and it's awesome. It's so oh, cozy. Chris- yes, Christy has her phone case. I have a phone case, too, but... They're so great. So we would love for you guys to check our merch out and treat yourself with some Jolly 12 code merch from now till Christmas. Do that. (laughs) And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we love you. 
Happy holidays from Crimes and Closets. And remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. Thank you.